for him. So if you would, go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word, and let's go here to, let's go here to um, uh, Psalm 143. Psalm 143. You know, as you sat down a moment ago, did you realize that you transitioned from standing up, sitting down, and you exercised an amount of faith? Did you realize that? You exercised an amount of faith. Let's take one of these chairs and and let's bring one of those bad boys up here where you can see that chair right there. As you think about that chair for a moment, you trusted, at the point that you sat down, you trusted subconsciously that the chair would hold your weight, that it would hold your body up, that you wouldn't fall down and hit the ground. I mean, I didn't see any of you guys go up and inspect the chair and test it out a little bit and kind of gingerly sat down. No, you just sat right down. You backed it up, and with full faith, planted your bottom right there. Why? Well, the answer is because chairs have been holding you up your whole life. Over time, chairs in general have shown themselves to be trustworthy. They have done what they said they were supposed to do, right? And, and not just chairs in general, but these specific chairs. For most of you in this room, this isn't your first time sitting in one of the Collinsville First Baptist Worship Center chairs. You've sat in them before, perhaps many times. Perhaps for some of us in here, we would even say we've sat in these chairs thousands of times. And every time you've sat in them, they have held you up. And so really without even thinking about it, you sat right down in that chair. You see, your past experience led you to easily believe that the chair would do it again. Now, beloved, that's a really simple illustration, a small illustration, but it illustrates well the interplay between past experience and future expectations. Our past experiences, they build our faith for future expectations, future experiences. I've, I've experienced so many times in the past the chair holding me up that I easily believe and have faith it'll do it again in the near future right it's happened over and over again so easily that i expect it then in the future so our past experiences build our faith for future experiences and that dynamic applies to a thousand things in our life it it, it, it applies to the brakes on your car right you expect because they've stopped you before they'll stop you again that water when you turn on the faucet it it flowed into your sink before it'll flow into it again you turned that light switch on. The lights came on before. They will come on again. But this morning, I want us to take that idea and go a little bit deeper, a little more spiritual. Because the truth of the matter is, I want us to think about as we're strengthening our core for a hundred more. I want us to focus on how this dynamic applies to God's grace. And here's today's truth that I want you to focus on today. Today's truth that I want you to focus on is simply this. God's past grace is a wonderful faith builder as we look forward to God's future grace. Let me say that again. God's past grace is a wonderful faith builder as we look forward to God's future grace. And we see this dynamic so perfectly illustrated in Psalm 143. Would you stand with me to honor the reading of God's word? Psalm 43, verse 5 and verse 6. Just two verses this morning. The Word of God says this. Psalm 143, verse 5 and 6. King David says, I remember the old days, or the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. 
I ponder the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Thus ends the reading of God's word. Let's pray together. So, Father, as we think about that dynamic this morning of past grace, building the faith that we have for future grace, God, I pray that you would overwhelm us this morning with your goodness and infill us, God, with an extra measure of faith to do everything you've called us to do. Not just in this church, but in our everyday lives, Lord. We love you. We thank you. Father, we pray that even, again, those that have not yet trusted in Christ, that they would see the past grace shown them in Christ Jesus and that it would lead to an experience of present grace and future grace for all who will turn from sin and trust in Christ. And so we just ask all of this in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen and amen. There you go, exercising that faith again. I loved it. <laughs> you just sat right down. <laughs> all right. Now, did you hear in those two verses the dynamic of how God's past grace is that faith builder looking forward to God's future grace? Notice what King David, the psalmist here, wrote. Look at verse 5 again. He says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you've done. I ponder the work of your hands that's all past grace stuff what God's done what 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 God's made how God provided how God protected how God's been faithful how God has seen him through I mean he was focusing on all those past graces and and these graces are grace in this sense <laughs> David didn't deserve it he was a sinner a rank sinner in some fashion, right? And, and he did not deserve, he rightfully and fully deserved condemnation from God. Yet, God showed him grace and showered him with grace. And David says, I remember the days of old. I, I meditate on all that you've done. I ponder the works of your hand. Past grace. But that focus on past grace, notice this in the text, it catapults David forward to verse 6 there where he begins to talk about this future grace. Look at it again, verse 6. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. You see, beloved, God had proven himself trustworthy. So many times in David's life, he runs back to God in this instance for some more. God, give me more grace. I need more grace. My soul thirsts for grace like that deer so famously depicted in Psalm 42 as the deer panteth as the King James said for the water brooks so panteth my soul after thee O God my soul thirsteth for God my living God back to Psalm 143 he says oh God essentially every time I've been thirsty you, you in the past you've quenched my thirst and now I stretch out my hands ready for you to provide again ready for you to quench my thirst again do it again Lord right there you see it perfectly that past grace building our faith and an expectation of future grace how many would you say that you've seen that dynamic play out in your life amen i mean every one of us could stand up and give a testimony to how god's past grace has built the faith that we have in future grace that god will 
do it again. Now, we've certainly seen it play out in the life of this church. And I want to think on that this morning as we consider strengthening our core for a hundred more. First, I want to consider this morning how God has shown us so much past grace in building and rebuilding the physical structures of this church. Now, not long after coming to be your pastor last year, May of 2022, I, I began to dig into the history of this church. And maybe you've heard me say some of this before. I'm going to say it again, right? I mean, this story doesn't get old. I love history anyways, and I've, I've found over the years that you can learn so much about a present church by looking at the church's past. And so I gathered up all the information that I could find from various archives here around the church and, and, and talked with folks and interviewed them, and, 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 and at least that sounds very formal. I, I, I talked with them. I had conversations. I asked questions. I, I got scrapbooks and stories and directories and pastoral letters and anything I could find. And when I laid all of that out, a picture of who Collinsville First Baptist Church is began to emerge. And here's how it would describe us. We are builders from day one. From day one. And if here's the cool thing about this church, if y'all don't have something to build here, y'all go somewhere else and build something. <laughs> you do it every year, multiple times. Is there a project here? Okay, great. We're going to go find one. That's what you guys are. You're builders. And these buildings, their testimonies, not only to your faith, but also they're a testimony to your desire to pass on the faith. Right? I mean, as you think about the history of this church, buildings weren't built just to build a building. I mean, it wasn't just a building you were building. You were building a place, an opportunity, a, a venue that the faith could be communicated and passed on and received by that next person. They've been tools that God has used to build a legacy of faith. And so I summed it up this way. Collinsville First Baptist Church, the story, the summary of our story is simply this, building a legacy of faith. I want to do for us a little bit of Psalm 143 this morning. As we think about strengthening our core for 100 more, I want to do a little bit of Psalm 143 with our history. I want us to remember the days of old. I want us to meditate on all that God has done. I want us to ponder the work of His hands right here with this church. And I can't tell it all. right? God has done so many things. But I want to hit some of the highlights, particularly organized around the structures that God has led y'all to build over the years that show the legacy of faith being built here. Now, what I'm about to show you has become a part of our starting point course for new members. It became part of that back in the fall of last year. And so if you've recently been through starting point, please forgive me. <laughs> I hope that uh, rehearsing this again will be a blessing to you. But here's the story. I shared some of this last week. The year was 1926. When God called 21 charter members to start this church And they chartered and they didn't even have a building last uh, As I said last week To start worshiping in they, they, they met once a month In the Collinsville Methodist Church But over the course of two years They 
built a building. They constructed a, a completely new facility, right? A one-room facility, $1,600 on the other side of Highway 19, built with concrete blocks that were made right here by the hands of men and women right in this community. We skip forward just a little bit further to, to 1949. Oh, before we get to 1949, let, let me keep count here. How many worship centers is that so far that this church has built? That's number, everybody say one. One, all right, you're tracking with me here, all right. That one-room building wouldn't hold it enough, right? And so in, in 1949, they expanded to a five-room building. They built, on, they built on four classrooms there to that worship center. Then they purchased an acre across Highway 19, and they built a parsonage. Then in 1955, they said this little building on the other side of 19 will not work for us anymore. God continues to expand us. And so we traded, apparently as I understand it, we traded the building and the land on the other side of 19 for the land that we have here. And then this church built another new, bigger worship center with a two-story education space. How many worship centers is that now? Two. Two in the first 30 years. 1965. They added a wing to the back of the education space with a pastor study and, and several additional classrooms and a, and a fellowship hall. 1975 comes along. And they built a new four-bedroom parsonage after selling the old one. Apparently, as I understand it rightly, they didn't sell the land the parsonage was on. They sold the house. Somebody just came and picked up the house and took it with them. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. I don't know. But nevertheless, that's apparently what they did, as if, if I understand it rightly. All right, that was 1975, but God continued to bless. God continued to add, and this church responded. And so in 1986, 1986, another education wing was built onto the existing education space. God was growing this church, and the people of God were responding to what God was doing. But then 1987, just a year later, Y'all, we don't just need education space. We need a whole nother new worship center. How many worship centers is that so far? Three. <laughs> Three worship centers so far in the first 60 years. It was a 450-seat worship center, unfinished balcony and all that. The former worship center was converted into a fellowship hall. But God continued to grow this church. And these people we as a people continue to answer that call by stepping out in faith to build this legacy of faith. And so in 1993, we weren't done building. In 1993, y'all constructed a two-story, 10,000-square-foot multi-purpose building, gymnasium and, and classrooms and all of this stuff with a kitchen and all of that cool stuff. And not long after that, in 1997, you all called your first associate pastor, full-time. Not long after that, you called your third full-time pastor, a minister of music in the year 2000. All of those to assist the shepherding of our congregation. You see, up to this point, you had people serving in those two positions, but they were just part-time. And you brought them on full-time. And by this point, in 1997, our membership, or, or the year 2000, had grown to over 400. But you guys weren't done building because in 2001, you built another two-story building. Another two-story building, a children's facility with 19 classrooms. And you also expanded the backside of 
the worship center. 2007, you called your fourth full-time minister, a pastor of education. And then in 2014, 2014, you said, you know what? That worship center, that third worship center is doing okay for us, but we need a little more space. We need something fresh. And so instead of building a new one, you guys took and gutted that one and completely remodeled it flipped the orientation around I believe it used to face west the congregation used to face west and now the congregation was facing east it was essentially a brand new worship center so uh, worship center so how many worship centers is that four <laughs> at this point that's worship uh, center number four in the in the first almost 90 years and somewhere along that time as well you all built a dedicated student ministry facility called the Outback how many guys remember the Outback all right very cool very cool and so God did some amazing things I found this on the internet that's a picture of this campus in 2015 every building there represents a desire of this people to do what it takes to reach people for Christ right it's a legacy of faith those buildings are tools that God put in your hands to reach this city and community and region for Christ and praise God for that I don't know what the electric bill was for that thing <laughs> I mean that's a lot of doors a lot of windows I don't know how y'all did security and all of that stuff but praise God God provided well and he blessed consider all the things that God did meditate on the good things that God has done and of course not long after that came February 2nd 2016 hit by that EF2 tornado that that severely damaged the campus the entire campus had to be bulldozed thankfully nobody in our community or church lost their life but this church lost its facilities and while parts still stood they couldn't be salvaged I know that is a moment in so many people's mind in this community in this church it, it's one of those things that you never forget but we were displaced for two years and while construction was going on we thankfully had churches like Pine Forest Baptist and Faith Baptist who graciously opened their doors for us to meet for a season and from what I understand here's the amazing thing when you have a disaster like that you kind of often expect that the people will disperse right they'll, they'll just go find somewhere else to worship that's easier that that's sort of in their comfort zone but as if I understand history rightly we didn't just maintain I believe that we grew by like a hundred people over those two years I mean God just kept growing and blessing and all of those things and finally in 2018 this church opened up our current facility Palm Sunday March 25 28 by God, 2018 by God's grace and he allowed us to do that virtually debt-free not exactly debt-free but virtually debt-free now how many worship centers is that that's number five <laughs> that's five worship centers in the first 92 years and then in 2021 we called our fifth full-time ministry position a preschool and children's ministry director you know as you think about that building that legacy of faith God has been faithful you can see the old campus kind of fade into the new campus it's pretty cool right there's the old one again 
and there's the new one. And in 2026, if the Lord tarries, we will celebrate our 100th birthday here. We need to strengthen our core for 100 more. Beloved, let me ask you one question. Has God been good and gracious to us? Yeah, amen, amen. I look back at that and I see all the amazing legacy that God has done here, the, the, the legacy of faith so full of past grace, the days of old so bursting forth of the work of God's mighty and gracious hand. I mean, every step of the way this congregation has been blessed and, and has stepped forward in faith to do what needed to be done. The building is 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 full. When the, when when each building became full, and, and we said, "Look, it's just not sufficient for us any longer." Y'all said, "Let's build another building. Let's get a bigger building. Let's renovate this building." God destroyed that one. All right, let's build again. And so, as I think about this congregation, it is always in the big picture lived in this mindset. Lord, we'll do whatever it takes to make room to make room for the next thing that you want to do. Now, I know there were moments of tension. I, I know as I, as I shared that, you're like, oh, you don't know the battle that went on there to get to there. But nevertheless, in the end, this church stepped forward. We never got stuck when it came to physical structures. You kept building and expanding and rebuilding whatever it took to set up this congregation for success in the mission of God. Now, we're coming. We're coming nearing our 100th birthday, 2026, just, just three years away, two years away, however you want to look at that. And I, as your pastor, I believe it's time for us to strengthen our core for 100 more. And as I was sharing that, I, I, I know some of you because I've had conversations with you. You're going, yeah, preacher, let's build that next building. Come on, let's do it. We need that multi-purpose you know, that, that multi family life center. We need that kitchen. We need that fellowship hall. We need to expand the children's department and expand the youth department. And, and, and you see the worship center? I mean, we can move those walls back and, and, and increase to about a 800 to 1,000-person capacity. And I hear that, and here's what I say to that. Whoa, whoa. I love that enthusiasm. And that very well may be where God takes us in the future. But hear me closely this morning. Right now, in this season, we don't need to focus on physical structures. We need to focus on organizational structures. Organizational structures. You see, when I came in, it became clear that while our physical structures had changed and they had grown with the growth of our congregation, our organizational structures were lagging behind. Just this past week, just this past week, Suzanne sent me a copy of our annual church profile. That's a, a profile that we send to the Southern Baptist Convention with, with um, stats and whatnot. And if I didn't look at that number, if I looked at our organizational structure, I would say this. Collinsville First Baptist Church is a church of 200. We are operating on an organizational structure for about 200. But she said, you know what? We have a membership of 586. 
on a given Sunday, we're averaging 421 people right here in person during the worship hour. We're being joined by another 48 on live stream. And, and those aren't just some random folks in a state far away. Those are folks who would normally be here, but they're sick or they're traveling or they're shut in. They are a part of this congregation and they're experiencing right now live with us the worship gathering and so as a total we are averaging 469 worshipers with us every Sunday morning and as I look back at attendance records I, I have these going back to 2011 I don't have records available to me before then but back to 2011 this is the largest worship average that this church has ever had Again, maybe it was bigger before 2011. I just don't have the records readily available to me right now. But right now, averaging 469 with 586 members. And those 586 members, look, they don't include all the folks that are here this morning who are visitors and, and, and have been attending maybe even for a while and, and, and plan to join but maybe just haven't yet. That number doesn't include all of those children that come through these doors on Wednesday nights. We're having over 100 kids, and yes, some of them are, 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 are families of this church, but a lot of those kids that come on, on Wednesday nights, th that is their church connection with us. With, with us. You think about the student center there, where again, over 100 students are coming in every week, and many of them, again, families of the church, but also many of them, they're part of this church, but they're not usually here on Sunday morning and so the truth of the matter is when you include all of that beloved we're not a church of 200 we're not even a church of 400 or 600 listen to me this morning we are more like a church of 800 but our organizational structure is currently more like a church of 200 and while we've advanced in our staffing we've added a pastor of education pastor of worship pastor of students director of children other aspects of our leadership structure and committee structure are a holdover from a smaller church not bad anything i say here this morning don't hear bad hear me say it worked perfectly for that size but god has grown us god has grown us we added on new structures but we haven't yet gotten rid of some of those old structures that these new structures we're to replace and so beloved i believe that it's time that we give some serious attention to our organizational structure if you were here last week you would have heard me say that one of the ways we're going to do this is through a complete update of our constitution and bylaws and you say well what's the big deal about those well you see our constitution and bylaws define our organizational structure Beloved, God's shown us so much past grace in building and rebuilding the physical structures of this church. But now, it's time that we focus on the organizational structures of this church. Now, it's easy to see when it comes to physical structures. Right? A room can be a barrier. Right? I mean, if we had, a, if we had 700 people in here and you were to walk in, you'd say, there ain't room for me. I'm going to go find somewhere else. In fact, the church growth experts tell us that when a room gets to 80% capacity, that is functionally full. I know it's not 100%, but at 80%, it's functionally full. And you'll have new people come, but they won't stay. Well, beloved, the same truths are found, right? How those 
physical structures can become our lid for growth that can be a barrier to growth so can our organizational structure it's a little bit harder to see it's a little bit harder to discern but listen to me this morning our organizational structure it's time to give attention to those things it can hold us back from maximizing what God wants to do in this church and so it's time to step out in faith and to focus on our organizational structures which brings me to the second point I want to consider this morning which I'll close with we need to consider how we can expect God to show us future grace in rebuilding the organizational structures of this church God has shown us past grace over and over again he's been so gracious to us over the years right we echo King David Psalm 143 verse 5 I remember the days of old I meditate on all that you've done I ponder the work of your hands so much past grace and God's done so many marvelous things glorious things here in the life of this church but now we turn back to God we turn back to God in full faith for future grace like David there in verse 6 he said I stretch out my hands to you my soul thirsts for you like a parched land God's shown us so much past grace in the building and rebuilding of physical structures but will the Lord do it again will he give us future grace as we work to rebuild the organizational structures of this church that give us direction for how we operate. And I believe, absolutely, He will. His past grace to us shows that He is trustworthy. Amen? He is trustworthy. And because He's shown us that He's trustworthy, we can expect He's going to be trustworthy going forward to give us and to lavish us with future grace. So here's my final prayer this morning. May God do again what He's done over and over now for almost 100 years. More 